This episode of Perfect Movie is brought to you by the Two Gomers Bonus Disc, the new Patreon feed by the Two Gomers Podcasts, beginning June 15th. This is Jack, Stephen's son. Every week, my dad goes into his office and talks to Anthony for hours and hours about how he pooped himself behind a dumpster while running, reasons why social media is bad, and total recall. I think he deserves to be paid handsomely for this important contribution to society. On June 15th, you'll be able to subscribe to the bonus disc and support the two gomers while getting a bunch of extra material each month. Depending on how much you want to give, you'll receive extra episodes, new ways to communicate with the gomers, and even the chance to watch live-to-tape recordings. And there is a cool starter pack that has tons of exclusive apps if you subscribe right away, including one about Total Recall. Wow, what a surprise. That's the Two Gomers bonus disc, the new Patreon of the Two Gomers, dropping June 15th. Please subscribe. My dad really needs this. You know, we have all these camps for youngsters in this country. Band camps and cheerleader camps and football camps. Why don't we have a science camp? This comment, made by rocket scientist Werner von Braun as he was touring the U.S. Space Center in 1977 after he noticed a group of school children enthralled by the rockets, led to the 1982 founding of an educational camp using the United States Space Program as a basis to promote math and science to children. Since then, more than 900,000 campers have graduated, including several who became astronauts. At camp, young participants ranging from 9 to 18 years old are offered several tracks of activities and study, including outer space physics, aviation, and robotics, and are given the opportunity to experience space travel simulators that mimic weightlessness, disorientation, and even moonwalking. Thus far, however, No children have been actually launched into space and left to their own devices to pilot a shuttle, locate oxygen stores by visiting the International Space Station, or re-enter Earth's atmosphere and land without killing themselves or anyone else as a part of the week-long summer program. That would be a ridiculous, far-fetched, and wonderful notion, would it not? We're the two gomers, we're talking space camp, and this is Perfect Movie. Welcome everybody to Perfect Movie, a podcast hosted by two regular guys who went from couch to marathon, and now they're making their way back to the couch again. This is Anthony speaking, one of those two aforementioned gomers coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, joined as always by my friend Steven, all the way out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Hey dude. Max and Jinx, friends forever. Anthony and Steven, friends forever. He kind of like, um, I like Jinx because he's not monotone, right? Right. Like there yep. is, there is some, you know, th- these are the, this is the golden age of robots, right? Oh, totally. Yep. <laughs> um. Uh-huh. So there's like a. I don't know. You've got your Johnny Five. Yep. Like the speaking robots. Right. And then you've got like your R2s, your bleep bloops. So mm-hmm. the Jinx is like this 
he's just a ball. <laughs> I like his design. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they spent $27 million on. You know what I mean? Like, a metal ball with like erector set pieces coming off the bottom of it. <laughs> right. Here, hold on. Yo, Max. Okay, actually, here's a fun fact. Okay, so um, skipping ahead to the one sheet. We'll go there later, but the Gomer one sheet. Um, the voice of Jinx. Yeah. Uh, Frank Welker. I've always thought it was Bill. Uh, shoot, now I'm drawing a blank. The dude that does R2 and Bill. Bill Burr. Uh, Bill Burr. Yeah. Burke, Burt's, Burt. Burt. Ben Burt. Ben Burt. Okay. I have always thought it was Ben Burt. Okay. Um, that put this together. Um, doing some research, it was this guy Frank Welker, uh-huh. a voice actor. Really? Um, and he also did Scooby Doo. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, th- that was. These were also the days when, like, you could really make a living being a voice actor. Oh yeah. And, and you were like right. a million things, right? And yes. now it's yep. like, I mean, I love the genie in Aladdin. But that kind of broke mm-hmm. voice acting where now it's like, sure. I don't know, could like, who knows? I mean, I mean, let, let's get Adele to voice this one. How about, you know, right. like now it's all yeah. celebrity. But then yeah. it was like you, you go to the pros, like the professional right. voice actors and they can do Jinx or they can do Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And both of them rule. Well, and that, that's the role. That's the route that Mark Hamill took for a while. Yeah. Right. Like he became like an incredible voice actor. He's just so expressive. Yeah. His his you know? best work is, I mean, this is weird, but the Joker. Right. We're going to come back to the Joker several times probably in this episode. But his his <laughs> right. work as the Joker in the Batman animated series is incredible. Oh, he's so good. And I think that was his he, thing for like two decades after Star Wars was like yeah. voice acting. This is his bread and butter instead of like the Tashi Station, the biggest of power converters. Uh, I I am not Han Solo and you are not Luke Skywalker. That part in this movie. <laughs> Jeez. So much Star Wars dialogue <laughs> in this. Even even when uh, when he when um, he goes to when Max goes to Daedalus. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, shoot. There was a line. No, no, I'm drawing a blank on that. A line that he delivered. To Andy, yeah, that's straight out of Star Wars. Yeah, um, I said it out loud. I was like, "Star Wars," <laughs> like did. I'm scared. Yeah, that that kind no. of picks up a you know about a third of the way into the movie. All of a sudden, it's like, "Oh, that's right." Star Wars is big at this point, and so if you're gonna make right. a space movie with kids in it, you're gonna uh-huh. have to have a lot of Star Wars. Um, oh yeah. Well, by the way, listener, this e. is uh, did the same thing. Yeah, that's right. Um, by the way, listener, this is a episode about space camp. We have not mentioned that yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, this is perfect movie and we, uh, pick a movie we love space camp is today and we put it on trial to see if it's perfect. I'm, I gotta tell you, I'm a little relieved about okay. doing this movie and What's I'll tell up? you why. Cause I think I'm getting, um, a little bit of a reputation a couple people have slid into my DMs and <laughs> accused me of not being connected with the common man. 
when it comes to this podcast. So it started at Rise of Skywalker when I poo-pooed it. Yep. Um, it continued with our last two listener choices. Um, yep. Which uh, I cited. Uh, I, I, I definitely went on the side of critics on both of those. Yep. Where I was like, meh, about Walter Mitty, which the critics were. And then I was perfect, 100% perfect, give this movie an Oscar <laughs> when it came to Mad Max. And right. uh, like we talked about in the um, result show, that was not necessarily super well received by the listenership. So listen, <laughs> Space Camp, no critics like this movie. Right. This is panned 45% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's splattered. And I love it. <laughs> now, I'm a little bit nervous because of all of the movies we've done. Probably it is the most um, confusing to me why, why people don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I think that has all to do with nostalgia. Or yeah. maybe it doesn't. I think we'll talk about that once we get into the trial because I think I have some actual exhibits um, about why this movie is really good. But I'm a oh, little yeah. bit nervous that I'm wrong. Yeah, well, we'll see when we get there. Yeah. I, um, I, as I was watching it, I watched it uh, the other day, mm-hmm. about half of it, and then we had to cut it short. So I watched the entire thing again this morning with my girls <laughs> yeah. and our new puppy. Okay, Andy. great. Did she like it? Um, she kind of like went away. <laughs> yeah. Dogs <laughs> don't give a rip. You, sometimes you see these like America's Funniest Home videos where dogs are watching TV and reacting. Yeah. I've yet to meet yeah. such a dog. Right. <laughs> They're like 2D. Forget it. Like this is dumb. Um, yeah. Well, so far she's 10 weeks old. So yeah. Doesn't really seem to be adjusting to watching movies Gomer style yet. Um, <laughs> but she's fun to hold. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, in watching that, I... Uh-huh started a list of stricken from the records oh or strickens from the record strickens from (laughs) the record items stricken from the record yeah like passersby Um, or attorneys general right where do you put the plural there (laughs) right so uh definitely not records though it's got to be stricken from the record yeah because they're because the strickens are the items yeah we have made that um (laughs) We have made that phrase a noun. And so right. the stricken is the noun part of that, I think. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So that can be plural. Yep. Um, and if you're new to Perfect Movie, if somehow you found Space Camp and you're like, finally, somebody talking about my favorite movie, you've come to the right place. <laughs> yeah. We do this thing where we both are given like a piece. Of, we both give a couple pieces of evidence as to why we think a movie is perfect. Right. Um, but... Uh, We've we've said this before. Perfect doesn't mean flawless, right? And uh, we've added this thing called stricken from the record or stricken from the record now, where we can take a couple things off the table that and would so, not make it perfect. Yeah, people are not allowed to um, take those into account when they're deciding whether right. or not it's perfect. Now, I should have done that more with Mad Max Free Road. If I could turn back time, I would do that. <laughs> But um, okay, Dude. so you you started a list of strickens from the record. Yeah, let me actually start. I'm just gonna start with one just right here. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
because we're going to get to the trial and all that, and that's where the stricken should come. But I'm just going to start with the first one. Yeah. Cringy. <laughs> okay, so first thing stricken from the record, just yeah. real quick. Yep. The entire premise of the blue team yeah. is built off he just stole somebody's identity. <laughs> and like poor kid. So like the last time you see actually, you know what? I need to look back and see carefully if you see Hideo Takamini ever again. Like, I don't in think the background. so. I, I I don't think so. I have not seen him past that kind of like befuddled look he gives like who like, took my oh, name tag right <laughs> i think that's his only so, screen time right like what happened to that dude yeah nobody gave a rip never explained it. i mean it's funny there's there are a lot of stretches in logic i think you're choosing the least stretch of logic right off the bat i mean I compared to the fact that there's a nine-year-old for some reason allowed in this camp for 18 year olds and that they get shot into space i would say those things are more of a stretch well that's where the uh that's where the list started okay do you want got me it. To just read do you want me to just read it sure yeah read the read the list i mean this you Maybe that needs to be established early on, right? There is a lot of you need to forgive stretches in logic in this to in not to enjoy the movie, but to not be a jerk about it, right? Right, right, totally. So if these are your problems with the movie, stop listening to the podcast. Um, but if you like this movie and you always thought some of this thing or some of these things, awesome. Yeah. We're in the same boat. We're going to yep. talk about Space Camp for the next hour and something minutes. Yeah, we, we, um, don't, need, okay. we don't need a bunch of Neil deGrasse Tysons out there <laughs> telling <laughs> us that they wouldn't really launch kids into space. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, actually, there were even a couple Neil deGrasse Tyson ideas that I didn't even put. And I don't ever I, I should have actually looked up to see if he ever talked about this movie, which I, he probably didn't. No, but like there are times where the space shuttle is just not moving. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yes, I and do. like the perfect shot of Daedalus and the space shuttle and the moon yeah. and nothing's moving. Yeah. Like, I don't think you can start and stop the space shuttle. You know, like not, not, not if you're 13 years old, certainly. <laughs> right. Okay. So stricken from the record, yeah. stricken's from the record. Hideo Takamini. Yep. Ridiculous premise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. So the entire film, you're striking from the record. Like, why the heck? Okay. Okay. Why, why do they like put like what, they don't test the, the shuttle like that ever? When they do test it, they do it the sideways way, you know, like or they have the rocket like on the ground blasting sideways. Okay. Um. Then why would they put those kids on that? That is so dumb. No, it's J- Jinx got them on. No, that that's pre-Jinx. Oh, like, this was just gonna... like a... You got to... No, I think Jinx has something to do with that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. He was like... Here, he was like, oh, there's that thing where they're going to test the launch and they're going to put kids on it. Yeah. And, and then he was like, oh, I need to make sure I get the blue team on there. Th- that's what that's it. what I mean. That's oh, so you mean that they would put kids on the shuttle, period? Right. 
Okay, I I will right. I I agree with you on that. That's real dumb. Okay, so ridiculous premise. Um, yeah. Okay, Max being out on the RMS during reentry. <laughs> Like in the testing sequence, remember? He's like, wow, wow, yeah. we're dying. Oh, you know, no survivors. Why is Max there? Max hey, has no the run of the land. I mean, he owns this place, apparently. <laughs> he can go wherever he wants. Okay, that, that goes with um, uh, this stricken from the record, which is Jinx has way too much power. There are no security backups? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like oh it, it's done we have, there are no off switch the, to any of these things there's no off switches there's no on switches it's just how it is <laughs> okay two last ones and they're they're clothing related um what they are wearing on the launch yeah makes they're just in their jumpers <laughs> um because like they're in like super major g's they're supposed to be super buckled in yeah um and then lastly, the belt. The belt that um that makes the suit fit Max. Yeah. Not the one? Right. Yeah. Oh man. Good thing Kelly Preston wears a lot of belts. Right. But <laughs> you've done that freeze frame before, right? Where you're like, wait, that belt was long. Also, why is that in space? Yeah. Um, because like they're so careful with everything that goes Oh well, I, okay, so they were just thrown on. I forgot about that part. Yeah. Um but the belt is at least 40 feet long. <laughs> that, like, that, I mean, she maybe she got that from John Travolta. Maybe he loves his yep. belts. And he was like, Here were you they go. married at that time? No, I'm sure they I'm sure they weren't married then. I think they were married during twins, though. Wait, he's not in twins. No, oh, but she's she is. in twins. Yeah. Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> These, these, like, okay, we're going to talk about this in my evidence, but, like, there's something so important about these movies, formative wise. Yes, definitely. And Twins is for sure in there. Yeah, so, so. I, I think we need to just get that out there. Um, yep. th- this is a very formative movie for us. We just listed, what, a dozen things that are wrong with it, and now we are about to go mm-hmm. into a trial and try to prove that it's perfect. We get... Yep, so that's all stricken. We, we get how that might not sit well with people, um, but... <laughs> But this is a the tree in a Charlie Brown Christmas changing how it looks every time it cuts away. Right. We're not concerned about that. It's the broader movie. Right. It's not flawless. It's perfect. Um, And so we're about to go into the trial to do that. But first, we have a couple things to do. I need to give the VHS synopsis. Great. And then we need to talk through the one sheet a little bit. Okay. or do you think we'll talk more? Do you think we'll talk through a lot of the one sheet stuff when we get into the trial? I can just read down the the list of stuff and okay. we can we'll get further in. Sure. Okay. Well, here's the VHS synopsis. I mean, this is full on VHS. Oh, the, the I'm cover sure we both owned this. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, mm. Family adventure. Um, <sighs> I think this would be in kids at Blockbuster. Sure. Okay. Um, okay. To be an astronaut is the dream of thousands of young people around the world. <laughs> That's how it starts. <laughs> the movie synopsis. It is this dream that leads a diverse group of young Americans to enroll in space camp for the summer. Totally unsuspecting that their space play, that's in quotes, will turn into a real mission aboard a space shuttle. 
Now, here we go. There's some factual issues in this next part. I want you to see if you can get it. Okay. Okay. In the group of campers and staff accidentally launched into space is Andy, Kate Capshaw, a flight instructor with frustrated dreams of space adventure, Catherine, Leah Thompson, a serious young lady who is determined to become an astronaut, Kevin, Tate Donovan, a brash but likable young man who has a lot to learn about teamwork. <laughs> Rudy, Larry B. Scott, a frightened boy who needs self-confidence. Tish, Kelly Preston, huh. a lady with a passion for fashion who seems to have her head in the clouds. Zach, Tom Skerritt, a former astronaut. And Max, Lee Phoenix, whose dreams of adventure will soon be realized beyond his wildest expectations. Together, these very different people, united by a common fascination for space flight, will learn that they must first master inner space before taking on the challenge of the world beyond the sky. What? <laughs> so there's so much commentary in here. Did you get the the most glaring mistake in there? Well, yeah, the, the, about about Rudy T. <laughs> no, not about Rudy T. Um, I was thinking that they say that Tom Skerritt is up there with them. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I didn't gather that they were saying he was up there. Yeah, they were saying all these people went up, including Tom Skerritt. Okay. Okay. Got it. And Tom Skerritt is just as grounded as John Locke from Lost, right? They're on the their their feet are firmly planted on the ground along with Jinx. <laughs> totally. My theory is that um that he um Zach Bergstrom, Tom Skerritt's character. Uh-huh. This is his summer job when he's not Viper. <laughs> yep, you're probably right. Like, like then he, he, go, he goes back and flies. Viper is Viper a good guy or a bad guy in Top Gun? I can't remember. Well, he's like the 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 teacher, the instructor, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's just Viper throws me off because it's such an evil name, you know. Yeah. So no, I, it's just, I, that's I, just a cool. Right. I started second like, guessing myself. Was he sign. bad in that movie? No, he was. He was awesome. Yeah. Um, but I they they were filmed around the same time, so he looks exactly the same. Right. My thought, like the same year. So I'm thinking. It's actually the same guy in like a different in the same universe, and like this yeah. is his summer gig. Right, it's just a couple months later. <laughs> right. Um, good news, it's in color. Nice, one hundred and seven minutes. A, a a nice tight film. Uh, yeah, actually, and like they don't dilly dally at the end. It's no. like they landed, boom. Yep. Um. Here, dude, I don't think that that Descript does anything. It doesn't even describe the movie. It, it makes the movie sound super boring. Yeah, well, and I, that's the most I've ever heard a cast described in a... Right? Yeah, it's just the the, the cast... Who it's, it's the character names, who plays them, and a short description of each. And it is so much text on the back of this box. They, these, these people need to hire me. Yeah. Hey, listen... I need, I, I need to, I need to, I need some cash flow. <laughs> Listen to what um, IMDB said. Yeah. The young attendees of a space camp find themselves in space for real mm-hmm. when their shuttle is accidentally launched into orbit. Great. That's great, right? Yeah. I, I don't need to know that Tish has a fashion, a passion for, no, I can't even say it. It's confusing that she has a passion <laughs> for fashion who seems to have her head in the clouds. 
I mean, those things are right. She is. She does have a passion for fashion. You can't deny it. Right. But. Yep. Totally. Um, okay, so that was good. Yeah. I, well, actually, no, that wasn't that good. But I'm glad that we <laughs> read that. We had that book. We had that box. Yeah. We had the poster. Yep. Um, actually, we didn't have the poster. I dream of having the poster. Um, yeah, I never had this poster, but it is a very important movie in my life. And we can, we'll get to that okay. in the um, in the trial, I think, more. But let, let's talk some of the one sheet. Okay, so Space Camp released yeah. uh, June 6th, 1986. Mm-hmm. The release was pushed back several months, and we'll get into this later, um, because, uh, I mean, actually, the biggest headline to this movie, if you talk to anybody about it, and it's not the score mm-hmm. of, by John Williams, which rules, um, is that it basically was released right after a national disaster right like of the challenger exploding on uh january 28th 1986 so basically this was a marketing disaster this yeah movie. yeah so i think i remember this happening with 24 during 9 11 right remember that 24 yep. was supposed to premiere like i think that week mm. and it was hyped super hyped right and then 9-11 yeah. happened and they're like, we cannot release this show, first season especially of 24, all about <laughs> right. terrorists trying to blow stuff up. Right. And wasn't he on a plane? Yeah. Like in the first or second episode? I think you're right. Yep. That crashed and... Yeah. Um. So, a great, I mean, a great first season of a great show, but you just can't put right. it out. Uh, and so, this ha- that happened... It's such a weird thing, right? A space shuttle disaster movie, well, sort of a disaster movie. We can talk about that too, right? They yeah. ca- they can't release it right after a space shuttle blows up with a teacher inside, right? Same haircut, pretty much. Yeah, they look right? very similar to those two women. Yep. I mean, okay, so I think Kate Capshaw in this movie is, um, almost Sigourney Weaver, like Ripley. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Like it's, really again, skinny. Tom Skerritt's like, wait a minute, I'm getting weird deja vu. Yeah, wasn't I with you in Alien? Well, his maybe it's like his long, um, both of their descendants, right? Yeah, end up going yeah. uh, going up onto in that mining ship and right. uh, getting face hugged. Yep, right. Um, so it was a marketing disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, budget was eighteen million dollars, and it the box office gross worldwide was nine point six million. So I, I never total, knew that. We were on the phone yesterday, bomb. and you were you were telling me this, and I was like, I always thought everybody has seen this movie. Uh huh. And and it's beloved. And who boy, am I wrong? <laughs> You're in for a rude awakening. I don't know what um, to think. My head's hey, spinning. Yeah, go ahead. Two more things I want to mention about this. Uh-huh. Um. Obviously, no awards. It was nominated for this thing called the Young Artist Award, mm-hmm. Exceptional Feature Film, yeah. Family, um, which that sounds awesome. Now, here are some of the other nominees from that year. Uh-huh. The winner was Over the Top. The winner was Over the Top. Yep. Interesting. Now, I really like Over the Top. Yeah. Okay. So. We found this on YouTube. You can watch this in 1080p Space Camp on YouTube for free. It has a couple of ads. Oh, really? Okay. Um, so now I know what I'll be falling to sleep to, like, every night for the next foreseeable future. Um, but 
But, but we got to the end of it and it immediately played over the top. Wow. Um, and dude, I've never seen it. You've never seen over the top? No. So we watched the first 30 minutes of it this morning and I was like, I cannot wait to see the rest of this. I <laughs> like the music. Like, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, it's the, yeah. over the top is it is in the rotation at my house. Okay. We watch it once a year, probably. Um, see, that's the thing, dude. You, you just never know. I mean, space camp is the same. Yep. And so my kids have seen space camp as much as they've seen over the top. <laughs> okay. So, oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. We, we got to remember this when we get to one of my pieces of evidence. That is okay. so funny. Yeah. Okay. Two other things that were uh, in the nominees were Star Trek four. Love it. Um, so that means actually me and my dad went to Star Trek four and space camp the same summer. I never, um, I, at, I did not see space camp in the theater, but I did see Star Trek four in the theater. Okay. Yep. My I, I remember that vividly and dude, solar babies, <laughs> no solar babies it's back. <laughs> this is, this always <laughs> happens to us where we mention yeah. a movie and we're like, that's weird. And then all of a sudden it's everywhere. Solar babies. Uh-huh. I right. gotta see solar babies. You, okay, so your assignment is over the top. My assignment is Solar Babies. Okay, well, I don't think I ever saw Solar Babies. Oh, right. It just was in your head somehow when you were thinking yep. about Mad Max. So I'll watch Solar Babies. Okay. Um, okay, last thing, and then mm-hmm. we'll get into the trial. Um, I found this to be fascinating. Okay. So the casting team, like this movie has a Spielberg feel. A Spielberg like, feel, a Spielberg cast, a Spielberg sound and look, everything. Totally. Capshaw. I mean, his wife's in it. Yeah, right. Um, you know, she's, I remember putting that together like, wait, the blonde woman from Temple of Doom, partner to Temple right. of Doom, is Andy from Space Camp. You know, like, as a kid, I didn't really think about it. No, Maybe she looks see, just very different, right? I mean, yeah, right? It's, it's the hair for sure. You know, I love talking about hair, but I mean, it's the blonde <laughs> hair versus the brown hair. And she plays, uh-huh. I mean, she's a great actress, right? She's playing completely totally. different characters. And so you wouldn't mm-hmm. naturally put that together. I don't think. Right. Especially as a kid. Right. Like you, I may, maybe when you see grownups, you're like, wah, 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 wah. And then, <laughs> um, because we were like seven and eight years old. Right. Um, but dude, here's the thing. The casting team yeah. that ca- that did the casting for Space Camp, Jane Feidberg and Mike Fenton did. Okay, check this list out, dude. I see um, it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you want to just read this? This is insane. Yeah, I, I will. I will read, I'll read this list. E.T. Yep. Love, of course. A Christmas Story. I love you hate. Blade Runner. Love. <laughs> Superman 3. Terrible. Sorry, that movie sucks. <laughs> Which one's Superman 3? It's the one with the computer. It's a giant computer oh. and Richard Pryor. And it's just yeah, like with Richard Pryor. It's not a Superman movie. It's a Richard Pryor movie. Yeah, I do remember liking it. Actually really liking that as a kid. But I hated that part when like I just remember this image of like somebody going into a computer and you can see they're like, yeah, bones. I agree. That's one of those images, right? Yes. Yep. A hundred percent. So scary. Um, Back to the Future. It's okay. Yep. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, it's okay. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> Goonies. What? It's okay. <laughs> um, you, 
Pertinent to Temple of Doom, at some point we'll talk, maybe we have already, depending on which movie was chosen as our listener's mm-hmm. choice. We might have right. talked about this already, about how my view of Temple of Doom has changed over the years. Since I okay, was I can't wait literally not allowed to watch it because it was too d- demonic when I was little. Uh, okay. Now, I don't think it's perfect, and it's not my favorite. Those are two different Indiana Jones movies. Right. The one I think is perfect and the one is that's my favorite. And neither of them is Temple of uh-huh. Doom, but um I I actually like it quite a bit. Um Sweet. Aliens. Whew. And then Short Circuit again. I've Short Circuit's gonna come back a lot, I think, over the next yeah. time several t- conversations about eighties movies. Okay. Hey, by the way, um just in case listeners are about to turn off because they said because you said Back to the Future eh and Goonies eh, you were being sarcastic, right? Uh-uh, I don't like those. <laughs> okay, then we can't be friends anymore. Yes, those are in my top ten, probably. <laughs> I know. Um, hey, I need to give a shout out to um this podcast called The Signal Watch. Um, I I listened to their episode on Space Camp and uh-huh. they found that piece of evidence. I didn't want to like not not credit that. Like, the casting that was, one? I, my mind. The casting one. I was okay. like, dang. Yeah, that's awesome. So I wouldn't have found that out on my own. So thanks, dudes. Okay. Let's head into the trailer. Get into the Great. mind space. Ooh, the space space Ooh. of space camp. The inner space. The inner space. Ooh, inner space. Put that on the list. Um, yes. Okay. And then we're going to come back. We're going to officially put space camp on trial. Now that we've stricken 800 things from the record, we're going to put it on trial. And we're going to decide, <laughs> is Space Camp a perfect movie? Atlantis, do you copy? This is Atlantis. Radio check satisfactory. Over. Space Camp. Robert Pickett, Purple King. America's real training ground for future astronauts. I'm going to be the first female shuttle commander. Catherine, you're not a passenger. You're a pilot. Fly it. Do you want Space Camp? My father wants space camp, but I want uh, my head examined. Please return your seats and tray tables to their full upright position. Remember everything I read. It's a real drag sometimes. What did you get on your SATs? Eight hundreds. And what is your name? Rudy Tyler, ma'am. Spit it out, Rudy. Rudy Tyler, ma'am. The green one right next to the red. 900 Thursday, we're going to test fire the engines, and some of you will be able to sit in this. Earth to Catherine. Stand, Stand by, by for main engine test. She's all yours. Four, three, two, go for main engine test. test. We have main engine test. We have overheat on booster B. What is that? We can't stop it. Mr. B is near ignition. It's going to light. Get that thing operational. Go for launch. Now. We're not authorized. Ladies, or they're going to die. What's happening? Do it now. Light it. An impossible mistake. Launch them into space. The adventure of their lives will be getting back home. Space Camp. All rise. Hey. 
How's it going over there? Uh, <laughs> it's more like you got to do a back further in your voice. Hey, hey, hey. it's me. This is not going to be easy. There we go. There we go. What are possibilities of launching Max into space? This is not going to be easy. <laughs> Always gets a huge laugh at our house. That's his totally. best line. This is not going to be easy. Like, That's so it, it, dude. It's played as like a really dramatic moment, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just d- ridiculous. Here, I have one more for you. Okay. That I recorded. This made me so happy, and I want to know. I'm sure you've noticed this. Yeah. I love it because Zach Bird is from he does the voice. Yeah. How can you help NASA? <laughs> it's like when you talk to a robot, you become a robot. How can you help NASA? Right. It must be. I mean, if you're hanging out with Jinx enough, you're getting you're talking further back in your voice. Your the inflections <laughs> change. I can just imagine. Right. Like when do when I really I'm, sound like that? Yeah. When I'm watching a new show. With a character with a certain inflection, then I start thinking that way and talking that way. Right. It must be that way with Jinx for people that hang out with uh-huh. them. Yeah. Right. Okay. Here we are in the trial. We are about to put Space Camp on trial to find out if it's a perfect movie. The way this works is we have a long list of movies that we love. Anthony and I do. Yep. Um, we talk through that movie. Um, we act as its defense counsel. We present evidence. We get two exhibits apiece. In an attempt to prove to you, the listener, and also one another, that this movie is indeed perfect. The way we do that is whenever we feel like we have that uh, piece of evidence ready to go, we chunk in with that sound. Um, and when we're done, come back next week, I get a vote. Anthony gets a vote. You as a listener get, to get a vote. And if all three of us agree that it is perfect, we put it on a flash drive send it into space maybe it would be like you're on we put it on the space shuttle with these kids right um yep and then uh they go to the international space station where viger is docked right and then they've got to get out of the space shuttle (laughs) by putting a 20-foot belt on and then they (laughs) plug that flash drive into viger it goes out into space the xenomorphs pick it up they watch the list of movies and they're converted into good good girls and boys that's how it works so dude great yeah um let's let's talk through the movie a little bit i think i i actually really like the structure of the movie Mm -hmm. and i think it's a lost art a little bit yeah okay where we talk about this we talked about this with jurassic park we talked about it with I, i can't remember what the latest one was that we talked about this where Something, the the big thing that you're coming to the movie for does not happen until well into the movie. I didn't look at right. any timestamps on this, but they don't get to space probably until halfway through the movie. Yeah, I think it's like 50, I think it was about 50 minutes I checked. Okay. 51 or 52. 
Yeah. So we're talking almost halfway through the movie where most of the most of the hype for this movie is kids get launched into space, right? Um, right. But we don't get there. And I like that. I think that's good. We get tons of character development. And oh, these characters. You're right, dude. Like, it's all character development. Like, you learn about all of them. I mean, that goes into the question, like, what is this movie about? Is it about space camp? Or is it about going to space? You know what, what I mean? Is, what is space camp about? That's a good question. Um, I, okay. So maybe, I mean, I wasn't going to chunk in, but I'll chunk in because I can tell you okay. what it was about for me as a kid. Okay. Awesome. And one, and the, my first exhibit for why I think this movie is perfect and it does something really perfectly. And that is, it is a wish fulfillment movie. Mm. So okay. I was a little astronaut boy. Uh-huh. What did I want to be when I grew up? An astronaut. <laughs> you know, you grow up in the 80s. Right. And that's what you want to be. Totally. And so I didn't want to wait until I was a grown-up to be an astronaut. Mm-hmm. I think maybe because I was a, a, also a realistic boy. And so I knew uh-huh. I actually wasn't going to be an astronaut when I grew You're up. You're like, this is never going to happen. <laughs> right. And there's this, <laughs> this thing that I would do with my kids when they were little. And I, I stopped doing pretty quickly, which was they would say, like, I would say, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they would say, mm-hmm. I want to be the president of the United States. And I would say, nah. <laughs> <laughs> like very, very few people get to be the president of the United States. It's a horrible job. You do not want that job. Stop wanting that. Or once they said, I want to be an astronaut. I was like, no. <laughs> you have to be so smart to be an astronaut. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen for you. So I've always been a realistic person when it comes to that. <laughs> but th- this movie, um, I would say, is only matched by something like Harry Potter when it comes to wish fulfillment. Like, okay. what would you want as a young child? You would want a giant man to come and tell you, you're important, you're a wizard, come away from your mean relatives to this school with me. It's like, that's right. all Harry Potter is. It's just wish fulfillment. Uh-huh. This one is... You love space. I, I you know, I, I, I was Joaquin Phoenix's age. Right. Pretty close oh. to it. Full on. Yep. And he gets launched into space and saves people. It's massively wish fulfillment to me. And so all yeah. the problems, all those stricken from the records is like fall away because of how right. much this is laid out before me as something I wish had happened to me when I was 11 and 12, when this movie came out. Yeah. Wait, hold on. It was 1986. Yeah, so so I was younger than that. I was eight. But, I mean, Joaquin plays this part pretty young. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not like he is a... um, I mean, he, he comes off as a very young kid who thinks he knows everything and is super smart. Right. If you if you were to ask me what age he was when he filmed this, I think the actual answer is 12, but he I think he plays it more like a 9-year-old. Yeah, oh for sure. Okay, so 
my question is who is max and why like so i i was like driving around the other day and i had this like idea i was like maybe he's like like the director of nasa here's my backstory (laughs) yeah the director of nasa who we don't see Uh uh-huh is divorced okay (laughs) and he has he always he always has his son max for the summer (laughs) he's got max for the summer he doesn't know what to do with him so he just sends him to space camp after space camp yeah (laughs) so that's 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 my max backstory i mean it's an interesting question jessica was asking that same thing why why is this kid even around and so my theory is that when i was reading up on space camp like the actual space camp there are different space camps right there are sure that are separated by age i think they even say this in the movie right he was yep, in junior, junior I've space been in junior. Camp. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I've been junior space camp three summers running. Yeah. And so he is one of these kids who is obsessed with space. Another reason maybe why I related to him. I've, I've fallen yep. out of relating to Joaquin Phoenix over the years, but at that point I really related to him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's just an annoying kid who wants to learn and have every experience and he thinks he's as smart as the 17 year olds and so it just right. shows up i don't know who his parents are i love this idea that his parents work there and are just like they're bringing him to work like figure something out yep yeah maybe they're okay so maybe maybe the divorce thing doesn't work maybe their parents that both are working now that the kid is like nine they're yeah. like we're not going to pay for child care anymore Right. Just go to space camp all summer, do all the different because space camps, I think like a week. I think that's no, maybe space camps. Dude. Okay. So Aaron's sister, Laurel. So my Uh wife's sister, Laurel, went to space camp. Oh, man. So jealous. Uh, She's still friends with some of the people she met there. Like they still keep in contact. Of course, they were launched into space together. They had to to get back to Earth in a shuttle. Of course, you're going to be friends forever. She went to space. Um, Yeah, that's something you don't forget. Right. Uh, Let me uh, let me see if I could like get on Zoom or something and ask her some questions. Like maybe for the results show. Sure. um, We could be like I could interview her or something like that. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, Because we've never really talked about it. Maybe because the moment it comes up, I just get so jealous. That could be. Yeah, sometimes you don't even want to go there because your blood starts boiling. I it's, wish I could have gone to space camp. It's still too raw. And I'm sure actual space camp is probably so boring compared to this movie. Right. Well, so, yeah, so that that's a very good point. Like, because this was like one of those, so wish fulfillment. Mm-hmm. This was like a, a prize for yeah. game shows. Remember that? Yes. Like, um. Oh, what what were some of the like you can't do that on television uh-huh. like uh, Double the Mark Dare Summers Double Dare Yep Yes Okay so the two things I always wanted uh-huh. were the shopping spree at Toys R Us I remember that I remember, remember that? falling going to sleep dreaming I Yes mean, just that yeah. I mean it, it was Walter Mitty style I was going yeah. to sleep in bed thinking about what would I do if I got that shopping spree <laughs> at Toys R Us Okay, so what would what would you have done? Um, I would have gone straight to the, I mean, a hundred percent straight to the Nintendo section. Yep. And just walk down the aisle like they do on yep. supermarket sweep, <laughs> and just like your hand out with the cart in front of you, and everything just pouring into the cart. Yeah. Um, right. And then I probably would have gone to Space Toys. 
right? Mm-hmm. I, I would have okay. gone to the my interests, which were um, dinosaurs, space toys. Um, I really liked He-Man, so I probably would have gone to the He-Man section. Okay. Um, but yeah, video games and action figures, probably. See, I always thought I'd go straight, yep, to the Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And I imagined it not being locked up. Remember, right. all that stuff was always under lock and key. So I was like, I imagine before case, the sweep, yep. yeah, they unlock everything and just all the stuff that you're <laughs> yeah. like, that we used to like peek through the glass, like someday maybe I'll get that. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Nintendo stuff. And then I was like the Lego aisle. Yeah, just for sure. sweep the Lego aisle. Um, Duh. And then the other thing I wanted was Space Camp. Yeah, a trip to Space Camp. That would have been incredible. So wish fulfillment, and that was all like encapsulated, yep. especially in um, Max's character for me, right? Yeah. Um, but there's so much more character development in that first hour, where I mean, maybe that's why the VHS, <laughs> maybe the person <laughs> that wrote that VHS copy just watched the first hour, and so they knew everything about it. Um, but th- <laughs> they spend a lot of time. I mean, this whole long scene where. Um, the I can't remember his name. What's the kid's name? The 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 bad boy, which I love. Eighties bad boys. Oh right. Um, shoot, Kevin. Kevin Donaldson. Right. So Hideo Kevin, Takamini. Yeah. <laughs> so Kevin and Catherine are out like canoodling, right? And they're right. they're kind of digging on each other. Um. Then then there's this long conversation that Kevin has with, um, th- th- that other character T. Rudy T. Thompson. No, Rudy T. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there's these long conversations about who they are and what their desires are and what they love. Yep. And that takes a huge chunk of the movie. Yep. And I don't mind that stuff. Like, actually... Me neither. Like, even the development of when Andy um, was talking... See, I'm so sorry on the one sheet. I didn't write the characters' names because we don't use the characters' names usually. So I just stopped doing it. Leah Thompson. When Andy's talking to Leah Thompson... Yep. Um, and she's like, you're special. Like there's mm-hmm. something special about you. Yeah. Like my girls were just like, they were staring at the screen, watching it this time. I don't know that we've really seen this movie in a long time. So they huh. were like actually captivated. Right. Um, uh, Rudy T like love science, mm-hmm. right? He loves learning. Yep. I mean, like that's actually pretty cool. It's like super nerdy, which that that is actually what space camp is like, right? Like math and science, like yeah, it's like a place to go learn and and then do that weird like chair thing. I gotta ask Laurel if she did that chair thing, <laughs> that <laughs> anti gravity chair thing, or no, it's it's like the disorientation chair thing, right? That s- right. Uh, simulates actually coming back yeah. into the atmosphere when you're not exactly lined up. Yeah, the gyroscope. Um, so th- this might also connect to my wish fulfillment because it was. Okay. A bunch of nerdy kids. Uh-huh. All together. Yeah. Getting to know each other. Right. Forming relationships. And <laughs> as a very nerdy eight-year-old, mm-hmm. I wanted I didn't care if I got launched into space or not, really. I I just wanted to be around other kids who, like Rudy, is like, I I'm smart. Uh-huh. And people make fun of me because I'm smart and I'm tired of being made fun of because I'm smart. And so I want to open up a 
fast food restaurant on Mars or whatever. <laughs> and uh, and he's got kind of this cool guy who's saying, okay, you're smart. That's great. And as a smart you, little yeah. kid, I wanted somebody cool to say that's a cool thing to be smart. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, there was nothing sports related in this movie whatsoever. <laughs> so nothing to like. And then actually Kevin... It like okay, I don't understand Kevin motivate Kevin's motivation. Some line that I've never understood in this whole movie, yeah, is when he was like, "He got me a jeep and I got me to space camp." Like I don't get it. Like he his dad bribed him to go to space camp by buying him that amazing jeep. Yes, that's exactly right. Like, that's what happened. So he got so he got two things that we would have wanted so bad. Like, <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Like, wh- wh- you, you just double one. Right. It's like winning two prizes on Double Dare. <laughs> right. Like the super cool car from the end of Back to the Future, basically. Um, and yeah. you go to not space the camp. truck, the, yeah. you know, the Toyota. Yeah, yeah um, right. So I didn't quite understand that. I guess it just didn't compute because I was like, so space camp is like a punishment. Yeah. You I know, mean, like. And not for nothing, you get to lock lips with Leah Thompson. <laughs> Another major Another... dream of ours at that point, I'm sure. <laughs> we were watching. <laughs> it wasn't space camp. It was something before that. And I said, oh, childhood crush. And Jessica goes, yep. who didn't you have a crush on when you were a child? I, and I was like, well, that's a good point. Not many people. But Leah Thompson, I mean, she's up there. Like, right. Well, this, Kelly, Kelly yeah. Preston tells her that she's plain or needs makeup. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Leah she, Thompson? She's perfect she's the way she is. From Back to the Future. Kelly Preston, amazing. I mean, we talked about that. Yeah. We've never talked about childhood crushes on this podcast. I have so many. The thing I, is, okay, yeah. Here's the thing: Jessica has a really good point. Yeah. Um, who didn't you have a crush on? The the market was not so flooded with movies and shows and images. Yeah. yeah. Like we had, like there were like three movies a year that we loved, and uh-huh. and like so we had a crush on every single person in the movie. Right. Or every single leading lady. Um, you know what I mean? Because they're just, it, it's not like there are uh, the amount of shows and movies and, right. and stuff available now. I, She got me thinking about which kinds of girls I had crushes on. <laughs> and it's always, it's either the smart girl. Uh-huh. So I had a crush on Leah Thompson in Space Camp. Not because of Back to the Future, Leah Thompson in Space Camp specifically. Mm, yeah, definitely. Like Kelly Preston is set up as like the passion for fashion hot girl, right? Right. Not interested. Forget her. You're, yep. You like the girl next door. <laughs> and I like uh, Lex from Jurassic Park who could hack into computers and save the day. <laughs> right. And then if there was a situation where a a kid was bullied but a girl liked him still and the best example mm-hmm. karate kid yes i i'm so glad you knew exactly what i was talking about elizabeth yep. shoe and karate kid yep i was like everybody else hates this kid he's doing his best he's getting punched and kicked and pushed down on his bike but elizabeth right. shoe 
<laughs> the prettiest girl in the world likes right. Daniel-san. And uh, so it was, that was it for me. Elizabeth Shue and Leah Thompson, who both are in the last two Back to the Futures. Yeah. Um, also, you know, I always thought, okay, so I had a, a slight thing against Elizabeth Shue, which yeah. was that I always thought it was weird in Back to the Future 2 when there was a new, a, yes. like a new girl. I was like, wait, what? I always thought that because she had like a weird wig on and that, stuff. That, that wig work. is bad. You're right. And I always feel bad. You know, That's we not were empaths, right? And so we feel bad for the original Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, totally. Okay. So Elizabeth Shue. Um, okay. So I... I have something that I uh-huh. wanted to chunk in here about. Okay, ready? Okay. Okay. Okay, so my first piece of evidence uh-huh. is this concept I want to talk to you about. Okay. Which is, this movie is part of my canon. Okay. So. Your life canon. <laughs> life life canon. Okay, our, our favorite pastor, John Mark Comer, Bridgestone uh-huh. Church. Yep. Um, is starting to talk about this concept of creating a canon of uh-huh. like what you're like built on, like what you're the stories, yep. the books. And then he didn't say movies, but obviously this is a movie podcast. So the stories, the books, the movies that, that like are what you're made of. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yep. so like this is one of those movies. So what he said, he's like, te- pick 10 books. You can pick 10 books and this is that's your canon huh. um, for like books and which I can't wait to talk about that with you too. Right. Um, but this is like, do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. And now I'm making a list of my 10 books. I'll stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> yep. um, and I, I don't think that is, th- there might be people listening that think that would be a shallow thing. Right. Your life should be based on experiences or whatever. And I'm sure that's also what Comer would say. Right. Oh, yeah. But totally. The, 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 the concept of the most important stories in your life, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. is so valid. Um, it's I've, I, I've told you, I think that I'm going through this like long, deep spiritual exercises journey that's like ancient. And I've been doing it for two years. And one of the things that they do is have you yeah. think through your entire life hmm. and make a list of those foundational stories. Um, wow. And so I, I am loving this. They don't call it Canon, but I like that. I think that's great. It, it's kind of a, I think he might've put that language to exact. Cause he's like a total ancient. Sure. Um, like, you know, like desert fathers, mm-hmm. ancient practices. Yeah. Dude. So yep. I, I'm sure he's inspired by, this this journey that you're on sure um but i love that idea of like a canon like even uh is it you've got mail uh-huh. when she's like children's stories stick with them for the rest of their lives yes. so so like even the stories that we're reading to our kids like you know lily and i just finished the chronicles of narnia we talk about it all the time we started mm-hmm. the hobbit now right. so like uh, reading stories together and then the the little books that we used to read and the little books that we read with Isla you know it's like yeah. it's the stories that you talk about all the time yeah um and so yeah like this one made me like be somewhat of a dreamer mm-hmm. or I already was a dreamer like the very beginning of the movie when she's like John Glenn winked at me 
Love it. I'm going up. I am. I'm going up. <laughs> what a cute kid. And that, I mean, totally. that, it, it gives you, I like, I like this movie too because of her. This isn't one of my exhibits, but I love the way that she's a dreamer. She's, she's mm-hmm. getting kind of rejected over and over again. And then that dream, that wish is fulfilled, right? The, yeah. The, the, yep. It just, I know exactly what you mean. And I think I agree with you that this is one of the movies that gave me permission to dream in that way. Hmm. Yep. And so I I wouldn't think twice about putting this on my Canon. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, Which is so why I was so canon. surprised to hear that not many people have seen it and not many people like it. I'm baffled. <laughs> You're like, what? That's like one of the pillars of like, <laughs> that is like my history. Like, I'm so thankful in a way that like my dad brought me to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, and okay. So I'm just going to here. I'm just going to since we're since we're here and this is yeah. super important. I'm just going to chunk in on my second one. Okay, great. You know exactly what it's going to be. And I'm I not going to get into it for... Dude, the score. <laughs> well, I was wondering. Because because I, I wasn't going to... I wouldn't put this on my top Williams score list. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just not familiar with it. The the uh, Obviously, mm. the part that we're most familiar with is... Yep. <laughs> okay. If people don't know... The training montage music from Space Camp is the um, is the music that plays underneath our contact information each uh-huh. and every. I mean, so 270 times plus perfect <laughs> movie people have heard that music. Maybe not knowing it's from Space Camp. I love the idea of somebody watching Space Camp for the first time if they did to to listen to this episode. Yep. Getting to that spot in the movie and being like, "Wait, I recognize this music. What?" Like like just racking their brain like, "Why do I know this music?" That's even happened to me a couple times when I've rewatched the movie like I'm so familiar with that, right? And I'm like, "Oh, wow." And she does the voiceover over it, which is one of the best training montages ever. Right? Oh yeah, that's one of my favorite movie tropes. Yep. Is a training montage. I love a training montage. Yes. Yep. Um, okay. So, yeah, Williams has, he always has his, um, like, his one rock thing, you know, his one, like, kind of poppy sort of thing. So we've got Banning Back Home. Oh, a favorite Banning Back Home from Hook. <laughs> and then we've got the one from... Uh, the Carol of the Bells one from Home Alone. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yep. It's the, always the kid comes the... in. <laughs> so like there's that, but yeah. then there's like um just so many dude, there's so many light motifs in this mm. um so I just I uh I recorded a couple real quick. Okay. And I text it into myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> that was a real... <laughs> 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 
Okay, this is maybe one of the most surprising things you've ever done. I thought you were about to play me the actual music. Instead of singing it into the mic, you you are playing you singing it. In, you tech you made a voice memo probably. Yeah. Texted it to no, yourself. I texted it to myself. I see, and then you played it to me. That's the kind of production value you get here. So those horns, that's like bam, 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 bam. A little, and then a little hold on, precursor one more. to Kylo Ren's theme. Yep. So we got uh, that one didn't come through, but it's like and it's that chime like those bells. Yep, totally. Harry Potter, Home Alone, Hook. Yep. It's it's just like, dude, for Space Camp, he made seven or eight light motifs that are that good. That are John, recognizable. Wherever you are, John Williams, we know this was probably a disappointment to you. Didn't didn't make the money that you wanted it to, Space Camp. But yep. it, st- it stood the test of time enough so that Anthony could sing it and text it to himself at least. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. As part of my canon. Yeah. In like in a movie was was, you know, at that point, my favorite non, mm-hmm. you know, non-Germanic classical composer yeah and it just it again like just put like planted in my mind the love for orchestral music right you know what i mean and i dude i had to dig to find this score like i got it from like japan and ripped that cd it's not on spotify i don't think no it's not on itunes it's not anywhere like they didn't even publish it in the united states they made three thousand copies in Japan. And so like I found one of those on eBay like I don't know 15 years ago. Huh. And like or maybe I ended up finding it creatively on the internet. But I have a hard copy. People don't care about this movie. This is this is by right. far our most underappreciated movie we've ever done. I I I totally. am, I I'm gobsmacked about th- th- this this score should be everywhere. This score should be available to everyone. You shouldn't have to dig yep. so hard for it. What a shame. <laughs> right. For shame. Hey, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Now when you watch it, do you relate more to Max or Kevin? <laughs> I'm never going to relate to Kevin. Too cool, dude. Yeah, but okay. So I see, I, I don't feel Kevin like the coolness factor listening to Eric Clapton driving in a convertible. <laughs> the um, coolest thing you can do. <laughs> listen to Eric Clapton and park in Kate Capshaw's <laughs> parking space. Right. With no, actually, sunglasses exactly. on. Yep. Hey, at some point we should talk about our experience with Challenger. Yeah, um, sure. Um and uh Yeah, because that you yeah. sent me a couple things about the, why it was delayed. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I think even Ebert said it is not the time to release this movie. Right. And something like yep. it never will be. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like the Challenger yep. explosion is such a kind of culturing culture altering event that we will never yep. want to watch a movie about a female astronaut in peril again. Right. So here, here's what he said. Um, so this is from Roger Ebert. He said yeah. in his review, our thoughts about the space shuttle will never be the same again. Right. And our memories are so painful that space camp is doomed even before it begins. Uh-huh. He also says, 
Would anyone like this movie? Juvenile space nuts, maybe, but they'd be too sophisticated. <laughs> so uh, I, I maybe have never disagreed with him more. Okay. And I'll tell you why. First of all, that's mean about the juvenile right. space nerds or whatever he just said. So don't be mean. The second right. thing is, I I mean, we could talk more about this as, as far as tragedy and things like that. But like, I liked watching, um, what is the movie that we reviewed right after the pandemic Contagion. hit? Contagion. Yep. Because it was hopeful at the end. Right. Yep. And so We're gonna for, get through this. for me... After after watching the Challenger explosion in second grade, what grade were you in? You I think remember? I was in first grade. Yeah, so yep. second grade in my class, it's devastating. One of the worst experiences of my young life, maybe my life period, right? Yeah. Um, yep. Having a movie where there is a similar tension and it ending well, mm-hmm. I did need that. And and it, it actually worked in that way for me. Now, obviously, it didn't huh. for everybody since it bombed. Well, it's almost like they just didn't even want to go see it to even try that out. Or it or, was, you know, it, it, like the marketing department was in like, I wonder if the studio was like, we have to release it because we need to make some of this money back. But we're not going right. to market it. We're not going to sure. promote it because people would yeah, so may- be upset. Maybe they just didn't even try. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if they brought, I mean, obviously they brought John Williams in yeah. after all that happened. So I don't know if it was like, hey, at least we can polish this. Because that that's just in my evidence too. It's just like, just like Home Alone, dude. Mm-hmm. This movie wouldn't, I don't think it would be in my canon if it weren't for John Williams. Right. Um. Yeah, I... I, I, I wouldn't say that because I didn't realize that John Williams wrote the music until I watched it with you in New York. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, And it's not that I liked it because of John Williams then, because remember, my discovery of that was during Home Alone in sixth grade. <laughs> you, you knew right off the bat with Home Alone I, that John Williams wrote that score. Yeah. Right. But that was when I started putting two and two together from what I remember. I just know that I loved that. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Like I yeah. would sing it. I would end that dumb <laughs> montage. So, um, but so I remember for challenger that I was homesick that day. Oh, so I was actually homesick at my grandparents' house. Okay. My grandma and grandpa Churchill. Yeah. And for some reason, my grandma was gone. My grandpa was there and then he went to the grocery store. So I was by myself. Wow. And so I watched it by myself and I was like, wait, what? I don't think that's supposed to happen. No. You know, like, because it was like, well, obviously not, but it was like, it was hard to see. Like, you know, we know what it looked like now, but like you're on this like little TV. Yep. And you're like, wait, what? It's like super zoomed out and you're like a first grader. Like, I didn't have anybody to explain it. I ran across the the street to my grandparents' neighbor's house by myself in the snow in my pajamas. Like, what happened? Oh, wow. Yeah, I yeah. I think I think I had a similar that couldn't have just happened reaction mm-hmm. and so it didn't. Right? Mm-hmm. You just figure well the you, you know we've seen the video now like 
so many times where it yep. actually blows up and you can see pieces of it coming off and oh, there's this yeah. plume of smoke. And so I think because your young mind can't fathom that that would actually happen, you're thinking, mm-hmm. oh, I wonder if a couple pieces fell off or this smoke is a part right. of it, right? Yeah, um, right. And then people started crying in my class and my teacher, of course, is de- devastated. I mean, how do you even deal with that stuff, right? Mm. And so yeah. um, I, I know what Ebert as an adult was thinking, right? We're right. never going to be able to watch another movie about shuttle disasters again. Just just like after 9-11, people were like, you're never going to be able to watch Armageddon again because uh-huh. there's a scene where a big meteor hits the Twin Towers. Uh, you're, no one will ever watch that movie again. And that has not uh-huh. proven to be true. And like you're never right. you're never going to get another disaster movie. You're never going to I remember the there was a cover of Entertainment Weekly after 9/11 that said is comedy dead. Oh right. <laughs> like will a comedy <laughs> ever be made again? And it's just uh-huh. like yeah, I so they released Space Camp 6 months after the shuttle and for me I was ready for that. Okay. But probably yeah. not everybody. Sure. Uh, obviously not everybody. Well, and they he could have said something like they filmed it before. So it's not like it was like in response to right. or like really bad taste. It's like this has already been in the can for a long time. Yeah. And it's a kids fantasy movie. Right. Right? We we have to remember yep. that. It would be in the kids section of Blockbuster. Um Yep. And and it is an incredible kids movie. Totally. Um dude, a cool little note at the very end. Uh-huh. That is the challenger that yeah, lands. That's, I read that, that. That's the that I think that's actually kind of awesome. I think there's several like, actual footage things throughout the movie. One of them is that sure, scene, yeah. the landing. You can really yeah. tell because of where special effects were at the moment <laughs> when yeah. you're getting some right. actual grainy footage of the shuttle, <laughs> and when it's just right. like a guy with a shuttle at the end of a pole moving it around. <laughs> right. Totally. Much uh, not not as good as Apollo 13, where no. the astronauts were like, wait, where did you get that footage? They're like, no, we, we like made it up. <laughs> like, what? That's so good. Or the end of Air Force One, where people were like, how did they get the Air Force One to crash? That was really good special <laughs> effects. <laughs> right. Um, can I chunk in with my last exhibit? Yep. Um, we should actually get to them being in space. I love oh gosh, yeah. okay. I love the space part because I love a puzzle movie. So mm, a yep. um something goes wrong. My, my favorite part of Apollo 11 by far is when they have to figure Apollo out 13. Yeah, that's what I mean. Apollo 13 by far yep. is when they have to figure out how to build that um filter yes. or whatever it is using right. yep. put only up, put the up. Yep. equipment that they have already in the ship. Right. <laughs> um, and Gary Sinise is trying to figure it out on Earth and Tom Hanks is trying to figure it out in space. And so right. pre- I love um, a confined space puzzle. Mm. I love I love the abyss. I, I yeah. love that they they have a certain amount of equipment to use and nothing else. Because they mm-hmm. are in space or they're at the bottom of the ocean. Um, right. And so the fact that 
um, they get up into space and don't come down. That's exciting enough, right? But they run out of oxygen because yep. it's not it's not fueled up with oxygen. That makes a ton of sense. Um, <laughs> right. And so they have to find oxygen somewhere in space, right? Mm-hmm. Then they find that oxygen um, and there's a little bit of a snafu thing so that um, she, Kate, Kate Capshaw gets knocked out and floats into space. So they got to go get her. But yep. before they get her, the, the people on Earth, John Locke and company, close the ship and are starting to autopilot it down with Steven Spielberg's wife hanging out the back. And so they have to stop <laughs> that. And then so every problem causes another problem and every solution yep even causes another problem. And so it is this like nonstop hour at the end where they're just trying to be smart. Yep. Their kids, which rules be super smart and figure out a way to get home. And I was so in love with that. Like it's just (laughs) a bunch of kids who are different from one another working together, being smart inside of a billion dollar piece of equipment that they have to get back uh-huh. down to earth. I love it. I, yep. I just love it. It's so comforting like, to me for some reason. <laughs> well, every single thing that gets solved gets solved by a kid. Yep. Like, like literally the kid max, like they need somebody small to get the oxygen out yeah. of Daedalus, which is you know, stricken from the record. He right, has the same size suit and helmet. He has, the, the suit is the same <laughs> size. The, the helmet, especially. You're not. You're not getting a smaller helmet because you're a kid. <laughs> and it's not equipped with a kid one, anyways. Even if there was one, right? It's not some form-fitting helmet. That's that's the helmet you got. You're not going to be able to get through the thing any better. <laughs> right. So stricken from the record, but the kid gets the oxygen. Rudy, yep. uh, you know, it's kind of awesome. Dude, okay, I'm liking this movie more and more, even though more when we talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, like Rudy gets his moment yeah. where he is like, no, I have studied this. I know I'm right. You One of my I mean? favorite I scenes. Freaking, yep. I love that. I have Kevin studied. Donaldson. I know it. I'm right. Yes. Yeah. Dude. And like, and like, you guys doubt me because he, he had a mess up early. Yeah. Remember, like, Rudy T's the best on the RMS or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then, or no, Rudy's the best on the RMS. That's what he says. We say that all the time around here. <laughs> there are so many it's, lines in this movie we say just by side characters. Um, right. There's these bullies, you know, those bullies in those space yeah. camp bullies who are like, beating Max and Jinx up. And one of the guys says something with such a weird inflection. He's like, oh, you mean he'll do whatever you tell him to. Right. And we say yeah, that all the time at our house. Literally does what he's t- told. <laughs> literally, literally does what he's told <laughs> it's like space camp is populated by like some people that just don't want to be there yeah Kevin right then uh like a bunch of 22 year old white guys <laughs> that are like really preppy and super buff why are these guys super at buff. space camp it would mostly be double dare winners <laughs> and double their dare winners sisters and- that they bring you're like us and Steven Nichols <laughs> and you know like all all of us just people that loved science and music for sure there would um, be no bullies yeah so i love that our the other thing she says like or well he says i just want to be in space we mm-hmm. say that all the time yeah um and then now leah thompson says in space anything is possible 
that line is kind of cheesy, first of all. Yeah. And also, like, I kind of think no, not much is possible in no, space. No, far like, fewer things are possible in space than if you just <laughs> stayed on Earth, Leah Thompson. <laughs> not much is possible, I, I can count the possible things to do in space on one hand. <laughs> Um, let me just say one more thing about the puzzles thing just when you think that um, everything is fine it almost gets a little bit like okay it's wrapped up Um, they take the one adult out of the picture and Mm, so totally um, there is this there's this escalation of puzzling and problems because for for a chunk of the time and space um, Kate Capshaw is in charge and then I mm-hmm. think there was yeah. a great decision made in the writer's room where yeah. they they were like, nope, the, the kids have to be in charge at the end. Yes. And that is what is going to drive this movie over the finish line. And so we've got to take the grown up out. Yep. And so there... And so there probably was a, they probably need to circle back. I'm guessing the writers had to circle back and say, well, we need to take her out and she's not going to die, but she has to be like, I don't know what happens to her. Like she can't move for some reason. I don't think she's permanently paralyzed or that would be too dark. She breaks her lungs or something. That's right. Like you did, remember? Yeah, that's right. She has, she got shingles all of a sudden. Um, She fell down (laughs) on her bike and broke her finger. <laughs> so, all your ribs from getting hit by a car. <laughs> yep. Uh, she's accident prone. I relate to her in that way. But I just love that. <laughs> then it's up to mostly Leah Thompson and that bad boy. Yep. To work together, right. even though they had a little tiff before they launched. They've got to work together and they've got to land. And it comes back to the foreshadowing of her in that weird disorientation chair. And it is just yep. a, then it just ends. I love an 80s movie because it just ends. No yes. prologue. They land credits roll. Yep, totally. We, we, we got John Williams and Challenger B-roll. Amazing. Yep. We don't have to know why they never called any of the kids' parents. We don't have to know any of that stuff. <laughs> we don't need to know who Max's parents are, why the heck he's there. We don't need to know what, what happens to Jinx and why somebody isn't manning that spot. Like, think about, like, at NASA, like, they every spot has, like, an amazing person in it. How is the one that has the little blinking? No, there's lots of blinking lights, for sure. Right. Oh, tons of um, blinking lights. So I, I like but, that that, yeah. that J- Jinx also gets to be the T-Rex a little bit where you're like, oh, yes. that's the hero we've always longed for. Yes. Jinx, he sees the blinking thing. But you're right. There's, there should be Kristen Wiig sitting in that chair or something. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I just I do love uh, now that we've kind of dissected the writing a little bit. It's mm-hmm. good writing. And how writing. everybody has their thing. Yep. Rudy's got his thing. Kevin made the really tough decision and became a leader, right? Like he's got a yeah. growth arc that's huge. He went from not caring. Remember, he said like, uh, he's like, I just don't care. And then yeah. she said, um, it's not that you don't care. You're afraid to fail. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I like super. That's how I relate to Kevin. Yes, great writing. You're like, right. Yeah, like that's super good. He he has a great story arc. Um, Andy gets to go to space. Max rules. He conquers his fear. He becomes, you know, Luke Skywalker. He is uh, small, so that helps. <laughs> Jinx kills it. He gets a can of motor oil or whatever as a treat. <laughs> Um, and then Leah John Thompson. Locke. Oh, yeah. and and Kelly Preston gets like she has like yeah. the photographic memory that she she's yes. using up there. She's um she's doing the Morse code, right? Or is Rudy T doing the yep. Morse code? Yeah. Nope. Kelly she, Preston is. She yep. remembers Morse code, and yep. isn't she the one that remembers White Sands? Right. Yep. She's able to it, identify where T? to get into the window. Um, yep. And. Let's not forget the belt. She's got that belt. Hello. And so you're using that belt the, to save the world. The passion for fashion saved them, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you go, listener. That's that's what we can do. We've got wish fulfillment. We've got yeah. score. We've got puzzles upon puzzles. And then what was your second mm. thing? I forgot. Or your first canon. thing. Oh, and then it's, it's part of canon. the canon. I mean, nostalgia, obviously, is trumping all for us yep. here. But still... We, I really do, in my mind, not just my heart, yep. think this is an yep. excellent movie, bordering on perfect. We need your help, listener, to help us figure out whether it is or Come not. On. So we're going to be putting up um, polls on Instagram, on our website, on Facebook. Those are all two gomers. Uh, you can go there to find those. You can send us an email to, uh, sorry, perfectmoviepodcast at gmail.com. Um, let us know, yes or no, is Space Camp a perfect movie and we will find that out Sweet. next week we will come out Woo! with the space camp results and then after that we're going to go back to another anthony's pick we don't know what that All is right. yet <laughs> but we're gonna i think we're gonna try to kind of cycle our movies in this way one that we both yep. love anthony's pick steven's pick listener's choice so Love we're going to try to get into a rhythm like that. All right, dude. Great. Great up. Super fun, man. Great movie. Can't wait to watch it again. <laughs> I, I know that this is um, going to be a hard thing for our listeners, but listen to Jinx when he says, This is not going to be easy. Take that good advice. <laughs> From one of the best robots ever and vote with your yep. heart yes please and listen to the score while you're voting you'll be like yeah this rules <laughs> all right dude <laughs> have a great week you too man and happy viewing